Hello and welcome. Greetings from the Offensive Security Group here at Secure IT 360. Coming at you with a new episode of the uh, Week in Review. Uh, it's Friday, so again, that's our Week in Review time. Uh, every week, our team here at the Offensive Security Team at Secure IT 360 is tracking, researching, and analyzing threats and vulnerabilities and exploits and techniques and all that good stuff uh, with the purpose of keeping you up to date on what's relevant and important in the industry this week. So hopefully you can be more prepared today than you were yesterday to protect your organization. Uh, this time you've got myself, Spencer, and the new guy, Victor. And today we are talking about a couple different stories. Uh, we're going to be talking about the rise of LNK malware. We're going to talk briefly about LockBit 3.0 and how they continue to expand upon their arsenal and uh, strategies. And we'll be talking about uh, the CISA news that the PwnKit uh, exploit or vulnerability is being exploited in the wild. So three stories today. It's going to be a fairly short episode. We want to keep it tight, compact, uh, and you know, information-worthy for you folks today. So the first uh, story that we wanted to talk about was the rise of LNK malware. So uh, uh, there's been a number of researchers that have done some some good investigations into this. Uh, since Microsoft is starting to lock down uh, macros and they've announced that they're going to be locking them down uh, more in the future, threat actors are kind of prepping themselves for that inevitable, inevitable uh, collapse of maldocs uh, for initial access. Now, we, uh, we suspect this will always be a, a technique for initial access, but to some extent, it, it will probably be limited. So threat actors are moving to other methods, right? They're kind of trying to get ahead of the game. So LNK files is their attempt uh, to do that. And it seems to be that LNK files are the new hotness right now. There's a number of different groups using this technique. And essentially what this looks like from an infection chain standpoint is a user receives an LNK file, which is just a shortcut file. So you click the shortcut file and it'll open up an application or it can bring you to a folder. Well, it can also execute uh, commands. You can execute uh, commands through PowerShell or you can use it to execute uh, things like uh, run DLL32. So a user receives a link. It's usually in an email, right? Some sort of attachment or something. The user opens it up. They click that LNK file. That LNK file is modified to look like a document or a folder or an application, like I said. And the target attribute of that LNK file contains some sort of PowerShell command or some sort of command to run or execute run DL32 to launch some uh, something. So uh, upon clicking that LNK file, uh, in this example uh, that McAfee uses in the article, there, there's a couple of art, uh, examples that they use, but in one of the examples for Quackbot or CACBot, however you like to say it, they like to call PowerShell. So the, what they'll do is they'll run PowerShell to download their Quackbot DLL and then execute it with RegServe32 uh, or RegSVR32. Uh, so this is a kind of a convenient way to get you know, some execution on a host. Uh, this is used to not only launch uh, malware, so launch in it like a stage one kind of thing, or launch that Quackbot malware. 
It's also used for persistence. We've seen this being used uh, with the Folina vulnerability, uh, dog walk, you, you name it, all those funny names <laughs> for those things. But the good news is there's some good detection opportunities for this. There's some good ways to mitigate this. Uh, you know, you can look for, uh, if you have the event logging turned on, you can look for things like users clicking on those files or those uh, processes launching, specifically suspicious PowerShell. Uh, you can look for things like execution of run DLL32 or reg SVR32 with some speci specific command line arguments or uh, when it gets launched from suspicious locations. So uh, there is ways to detect this. And furthermore, you know, a, a good strategy would be to block zip files on uh, your email filters, right? A lot of these files come through attachments uh, that are archive files, like zip files or ISO files, which is a disk image. So an ISO file contained within a zip file. Uh, so there's a number of different strategies and techniques with this and variances to this technique. Um, but the good news is there are ways to detect this and prevent some of this. And of course, having good, strong EDR and good monitoring is going to help as well. But kind of the point here is attackers are continuing to adapt. They're continuing to try new things. And, you know, when they find something that works, they'll stick with it. Uh, so that's our opportunity to uh, figure out ways to detect these things and prevent them. Uh, cool. So... That was the first kind of topic, first story I wanted to bring up uh, because I think LNK malware, like I said, it's the new hotness and it'll be around for a while. The next story uh, that we wanted to talk about is uh, has to do with LockBit. So LockBit 3.0 was recently announced uh, and kind of the, the newsworthy, uh, some of the newsworthy things with this was that they launched their own bug bounty program. <laughs> and what I think is interesting uh, is their bug bounty program includes uh, things like website bugs, doxing, uh, and even sensitive information or PII. So they'll pay you for PII on high profile individuals. Uh, they'll pay you for security exploits, you know, zero days and, and things like that. So quite interesting. I, I don't know if we've ever seen something like that or a uh, a ransomware group or just a threat group uh, has announced they'll pay people for certain things. Uh, it's common to hear groups pay for access to companies. You know, they'll they'll pay you or supposedly pay you uh, if you give them your password for your company account. Uh, you know, your domain, your your company network, right? So I've seen that before, but this is just uh, another group continuing to adapt. Uh, you know, we've seen ransomware groups change the malware that they use or the language that they use to develop their malware. Like we talked about last week, in the weeks previously, there are uh, threat actors using NIM and Rust in different languages. Uh, well, ransomware groups are now offering bug bounty programs. So that is a thing. Um, it's just an indication to me that uh, ransomware is still alive and strong. Uh, extortion is still alive and strong. Um, and, you know, we, we have to go back to, to some extent, go back to the basics, uh, the blocking and tackling, like Brad would say if he was here. 
um, and you know, making sure that we have some of those basics in place uh, to prevent some of these things. But that was the main newsworthy thing for me with this LockBit announcement is they're, they're now going to pay people and individuals for PII and exploits and things like that. Uh, the last thing, uh, last story that I thought was interesting uh, that maybe we'd like to talk about is the PwnKit exploitation or exploit vulnerability. So CISA released uh, an article or re- released an announcement this week that PwnKit was being exploited in the wild. And uh, for those unfamiliar, um, PwnKit is uh is being tracked uh was being tracked or is as cve 2021 4034 uh and it's a local privilege escalation vulnerability in pullkit which is a utility uh, or sorry pullkit's pk exec utility uh now this one is interesting because i've used this on ctfs before <laughs> uh and it was is very popular on ctfs because it's a fairly uh, reproducible and stable local privilege escalation vulnerability. So when you go through and you're learning local privilege escalation on Linux, for example, uh, this can be used on a wide wide range of Linux operating systems. And it can get you kind of a free win on hack the box or things like that when you come up against older Linux operating systems uh, just simply because they haven't been patched on that hack the box machine yet, right? Uh, so this is something that came out this is a vulnerability that was announced last year and released, uh, but according to to CISA and other agencies, uh, they've begun to see uh, more widespread exploitation of this in the wild. So, uh, obviously, um, you know, patching systems is important. Making sure you have good patch management of Linux systems, which is a little bit harder than Windows. Uh, you know, it's common to to have a patch process for Windows machines. You know, it's common to, to go into organizations and for us to see, you know, Avanti or whatever the software is for patching and to see those get rolled out uh, pretty regularly on Windows machines. It's a little bit harder, I think, for Linux machines. It's a little bit harder of a process for organizations to to handle, uh, you know, patching Linux machines. Uh, but it is still important. We're seeing a number of threat actors and threat groups target Linux specifically uh, because there's traditionally not as good security products installed. There's traditionally not as good monitoring installed there. And there's traditionally weaker patch management on Linux systems. So, you know, we ex- fully expect Linux to become more and more of a target uh, as time goes on, as ransomware groups start to, to develop more ransomware for Linux uh, as threat groups start to develop more exploits for Linux. We will see that continue to go up uh, in terms of exploitation and, and continue to be uh, a pretty pretty sizable target. Uh, so yeah, so that's, that's really it. Uh, that's all we had for this week's uh, Week in Review. Again, it's a short episode. Uh, we have the new guy, Victor, starting, who's going to be uh, taking on some of the role here uh, at Secure IT 360 uh, and helping us with threat intel uh, and bringing some of that research and analysis to you folks. Uh, so that's all we have today. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, if you got value out of this, uh, we please would uh, would love it if you'd share it with your, with your network of folks, uh, with your colleagues and friends. Give us a rating on, on your favorite podcast app, a thumbs up, like, 
whatever the kids are doing now, <laughs> subscribe, all that fun stuff. Uh, it helps us get more visibility, helps us share uh, this news and information with everybody. And you can check out our blog at offsec.blog. And with that, uh, thanks everybody. Have a great day and have a he- happy, safe 4th of July weekend. So see you everybody.